0: Hello, welcome to this week's one podcast with me, James York, and Ted Knutson. How are we, Ted? We've had a week off. I well of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We've been here, there, and everywhere otherwise, but that's okay. We're back now to provide our customer service and um, talk transfers.
1: Our customer service <laughs> is, that, is that is that what this is?
0: It's all customer service, Ted. This is the nature of business.
1: Okay. (laughs) Anyway. There have um, been actual transfers, because we have have crossed the threshold into July.
0: It feels like it's made a difference, doesn't it? Because we've been talking about maybes and possibles for weeks, and uh, now we've got a bunch of actual transfers that have happened that we can actually slightly run the rule over. and um, Yeah, obviously, I think the first one to go with, probably the biggest... uh, I'm not sure it's the biggest money transfer of this kind of like short period but it's certainly a big one the Wan bissaka to Man United deal 50 million
1: which is almost exactly what we predicted it would be
0: all right okay I don't remember but I'll <laughs> that
1: sounds right. about right what I predicted it would be <laughs> yeah no that sounds
0: that sounds fine I think um in a vacuum it's okay like Wan has had a very promising season last year there's a few question marks about whether he's um like attacking side of his game is um up to sniff with uh you know his defensive side of the game. Obviously playing with a Roy Hodgson system and we'll get back to that. But in Roy Hodgson system he's a lot of defending. Fifty million is probably <laughs> going great for a, a reasonably well regarded young English player <laughs> these days. Maybe. Yeah exactly.
1: I mean this is basically yeah you know, the equivalent of Luke Shaw but... Possibly hmm. better upside, maybe a little less polished on the attacking. Good dribbler, great physical, um, and and just like genuinely a shutdown fullback, which is, you know, for, for United, people are like, oh, well, you know, you won't be able to attack this. I'm not sure that's true. And also, you know, you only need to attack with one fullback, really. Uh, in most in most attacking systems, like one goes forward, the other one goes back. Um But yeah, he can beat a man on dribble. I think that this is absolutely fine, especially because there's not only an English player premium, but there's also Manchester United premium in this. The flip side is they're like, well, this wasn't necessarily a position of need, which I understand, I guess. Um, But yeah. All right. So I think the reason why I really wanted to start with Juan Bissaka was because there's a follow-up immediately after this, which is another fullback, but this one's been rumored for Arsenal. All right. Okay. Go on then. So Kieran Tierney uh, of Celtic and Scottish national team has been rumored uh, for Arsenal um, kind of like two of the best players in the Scottish national team are both left backs and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Andy Robertson, and which is like a really unusual probability because like, you know, left footed and left back and <laughs> elite. Um, but the thing about the, the Celtic fans, obviously, they're like, well, you know, we can't sell them for cheap if Wampusaga's going for like 45 billion. The problem here is that Wampusaga's going for 45 billion, having done like really special things against the Premier League. And the Premier League, we know, is quite good. Uh, Kieran Tierney is very good and looks like very promising. Uh, I think he's a year older, actually, despite the fact that like all these kids seem almost equally young these days to me, as in my creeping <laughs> age. Um, but. Tierney's doing impressive things against the equivalent of more than the half of your league is League One quality, so it, that's why the polish is off of it. Like, what are you paying for an elite championship fullback? That's that's basically where the price range is, and obviously, you know, a lot of Celtic fans are going to disagree with that, but we've seen from from pretty much all the models that we've got on the, both or, or have seen from the gambling side or otherwise. You know Scotland just isn't a very good league, so uh, I like Tierney just fine. Uh, you got to be careful about the price. Arsenal need a left back because Monreal is basically in in his twilight, doesn't have the legs to to play that position very well anymore. Uh, more of a cent- center back, I think they've moved him toward. Um, yeah, so I think the the last price I saw was like twenty two million, which kind of okay. makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think you know. Just, just as you were talking, then I was to start. My mind drifted to fifteen million, and it was like, well, he's young and promising, so add a bit more on. Yeah, twenty million sounds fair, and that's. Um, it sounds like it's within Arsenal's rumored budget uh, as well.
1: Arsenal's awkward price range. Yeah,
0: I was surprised actually. I mean, we—he's on our list. I don't want to get there too quickly, but there's the, this talk of this is a uh, uh, um bid of forty million. Um, I didn't see any jokes about forty million and one pounds, which there must have been a few around yesterday.
1: Um, but Tottenham Twitter, you know, just and, <laughs> yeah, and well, I Twitter it. at the same time? I didn't <laughs> didn't
0: didn't see those
1: jokes because so J- James has made the joke now. Everybody like we'll yeah. just give James applause.
0: It's it's yeah, I've <laughs> approached it adjacently, but anyway, Audisden wrote Austin wrote an article on um, I think the BBC saying they have made a forty million pound bid. So interesting strategy if this is you know if this is even a strategy and what's going on let's you know reveal that we've bid um potentially half what i think palace want for their player um yeah <laughs> i don't know where to go with that one it's uh, uh zaha's a bit of a marmite player to me uh you can see what he does well he can beat his man for fun um he can score goals his shot map last season was really weird and really everything from the left side uh and then a bunch of goals from the right side. Nothing in the middle. Um, I've always been concerned about his lack of kind of end products. He he doesn't uh, kind of create much for his uh, team. Uh, his fellow strikers. Maybe that's partly because he's had strikers on horrible cold streaks, such as Benteke. I don't know. But he's you know he doesn't actually you know keep past like volumes have never been like huge. I mentioned this last night. Put out his funny shot map just because it's always always worth a worth a look, and um someone uh, quick reply was like yeah but what about all the penalties he wins what about all the penalties he wins which is valid is uh, yeah because he's <laughs> yeah well that's yeah exactly I mean uh, we'll, we'll see on that he won five I think last season I looked it up which kind of translates if you're going to be kind and turn that into like some kind of like expected assist assist value it's like kind of 0.15 uh, across the many minutes that he played nearly on t- four extra goals mm, yeah on top of um, yeah on top of He's already expected assist values, which were like kind of about the same. And that but puts they're not that- actually
1: expected assist values. Like, let's, let's give yeah. This is like another thing. Uh, yeah, I don't have positive things to say about this, and I think, given the spirit of the transfer window, I think it might just be better for me not to talk about Arsenal for the rest of this <laughs> podcast in the summertime. Uh, <laughs> I have well, I, I would last. Last summer, you know, we had a little bit of shine, like uh, and Torreira and uh, Kendozzi, uh Leno very much on the fence, but he seems to have done quite well. Maybe uh, down to a new goalkeeper coach. Uh, I'm with you on Zaha being divisive and Arsenal being divisive as well. And just can we move on? like Arsenal. have got players in that area. Let's move well, we on move on uh, in, a, move on in a on ballet, 62 million euros plus clauses I'm like not going to allow you to talk about this anymore James we're going to move
0: <laughs> Tanguy Ndombele well for 16 million plus clauses is interesting because that's a huge fee for Tottenham to lay out not that they can't afford it um, uh, piggy bank and yeah, I mean I think the reference point for me there would be when they bought Davinson Sanchez for like 40 million and it was like we've <laughs> they spend 40 million on a center back. So, you know, without that deal you'd be like, well, I've got no evidence of Tottenham going out and spending big money on a specific player. However, but we do now have that one
1: Liverpool where yeah. you, know, you just get the player that you want, you spend the money you need to spend and they've got the money cuz they've made Champions League a number of years and haven't spent anything for 18 months. Wait, no, 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 hang on. I take that back. Uh, that, that statement is now incorrect. Jack Clark has been purchased. I'm not Neither of these have gone official yet, but they're no, both... Clark Clark just came across, I believe. Did it? I it, it said... Well, I don't know. Hallelujah. This will be a spectacular moment. Oh, yeah, it's just gone in. Wow. But <laughs> he's loaned back to, to Leeds for a year, so... <laughs> yeah. That makes total sense, there. though. We, we like that deal. We talked about it in past podcasts. Uh, track it down if you want to. Uh, so... I think the Dumbelli signing would be fantastic, and I'm very jealous about it. So,
0: yeah, I, I mean, I legitimately thought he was out of Tottenham's range um, coming into the summer, and it's, I mean, these are subtleties and I know the bottom line is like how much money are you going to pay the player <laughs> or the team that you buy off. But like the subtleties when you see reports about the Champions League finalists, in, and you know the players talking about you know Tottenham as a team that you know regularly in the top four, Champions League finalists, you know, just this perception thing even if that has like one percent influence on players actually turning up a club and don't get me wrong i still think the biggest thing will be uh, <laughs> will you will pay fees and, and wages but like it all helps and yeah like i said i thought Dum dumb was going to be out of tottenham's range i thought he'd probably go to um a, an actually like larger like club or bigger destination but there's a kind of vacuum for those kind of places I think at the moment I mean you know I wouldn't have been surprised if Man City just came in and were like yeah we'll just get him because he was really good for them against uh, for Leon against them last season and it's just
1: it's a position they obviously want to fit but they... I don't think he's quite technical enough and that's one of the interesting differences about Spurs versus uh, a City right uh, Spurs are, are more willing to, to play physical players that are very good but not like super technical whereas City just like demands that level of technicality from pretty much all their players
0: yeah, no that's a fair point. I mean, he,
1: technical ability,
0: sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he does he does like scope out as as someone who just like kind of everything everything in midfield uh you know two ways without. He's he's a, probably a little bit more creative. I mean the the idea there's an idea that he's a he's a Dembélé replacement but like he actually like progresses the ball at, at higher than similar? Yeah more probably but like <laughs> you know, there is there is the, the specific you know Dembélé when there was, there was no one and you know someone's had to come in and be that specific replacement he does actually progress the ball like uh, pass his passing higher up the pitch is is a little bit more kind of direct and he's he's got a through ball in him he can beat a, he can beat defenses with with a pass, which isn't something that um Dembele used to do so you know twenty two years old big fee, but you know look looks like he's got uh, wielded his feet to some regard yeah does a lot.
1: I, I think that I mean they're not the same player but they have many of the similar outputs uh, you know, like that's that's kind of the the challenge right you lose a player that you think actually does really important work can replace what he does in various ways even if we can't replace the you know, kind of his skill set directly
0: yeah i mean i i'm i'm kind of quite keen to to, to get moved beyond the idea that he is like you know some kind of dembélé because i think he's different and you know people you know, although he, he's replacing him in the position in the team, he will do different things, and I think that's 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 quite exciting because I think he's got a bit more kind of going going for maybe a little a little bit less kind of defensively, um, you know, in kind of like tackling kind of perspective, but like yeah, a little bit more kind of in creative passing and things. So it's, it, all the talk is that this deal is very close to being over the line i'd genuinely be surprised
1: if it didn't get over the line so it's only a a week left until transfer window closes for the premier league clubs too so right we've talked about in previous podcasts that things are not going particularly quickly uh everybody's trying to leverage them knowing that they need to get deals done but also that you know they've got money and will they pay a premium well they won't premier league clubs are kind of pushing back against this a little bit by shopping more broadly than I think they have in in recent history. Uh, and and League <clears throat> recruitment has really changed over the last couple of years. Like we're not seeing as many bad deals. We're also not seeing, I think one of the reasons is because a lot of the old managers that used to run things through their agents, um, you know, don't have the ability to do that. The, the clubs have pushed back and they've got you know, strongly staffed recruitment departments in a lot of ways and, and realize that that's like especially the ownership level realize that's a really inefficient way to run your football team because the agents have their own goals in mind and you need to have people that are working for the good of the club so I think that has changed how how English recruitment especially works uh, but you know like there are there are constraints around it I've got a ton of money but everybody knows it and they've got a window that closes before pretty much the rest of Europe which is also like an oddity uh, so yeah I mean even those those other leagues have even if they close on on their, Timing or whatever, they have uh, later start dates. Uh, Premier League starts really early this year, like, feels like as early as possible. I guess because Euros is coming up and they've got a lot to get in. But, <clears throat> uh, let's see. Quick Premier League one uh, Kovacic made permanent to Chelsea sensible,
0: yeah. I think so. I mean, he's, 40 million, yeah. I mean, we don't know what kind of shape the Chelsea are going to line up in the next season with um Lampard in charge. And you know, he's, he's got a that's brief- not official yet, right it's not but again that's one that like you know the <laughs> the matches are being Yeah, you know, the fire is almost kind of coming so fair enough i would be su- surprised if it didn't happen um but yeah i mean in chelsea situation they 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 i think that was a no brainer i mean he's he's a funny one's got coach always kind of like comes up like you look at him in on a from a kind of like stats perspective, and see like what what does this guy do? And it's like, right, he does everything. This is this guy's a really good, this guy's a really useful midfielder. And then he's had he's had two seasons where he well, no, not two seasons more than that, uh, when he was in Madrid and then at Chelsea, where he feels like he flits in and out of the team and can't like nail down a starting spot. But this I think he's, weird. he's still high class though. I mean, he, he's, he's certainly a piece of the jigsaw
1: that you you, you you'd hold rather than flip I think we think that he's a great passer and a great dribbler but the passing has is a little safe i think is, is mm. how i would say that uh and and that but also like he he has like a high level of defensive output um mm. so yeah I, he's a weird one like he should be starting pretty much every week but the two clubs that he's gone to especially real madrid you know they've got like serious depth and midfield yeah. for this period that he was there Now he would have been like a natural replacement, but I guess like Zidane is not impressed by him enough. So anyway, hopefully he gets to play. I think he's impressive. He's exciting. Let's talk about somebody else who's really exciting. Uh, Adrian Rabiot finally has a deal for free or honor free to Juventus, who apparently are getting deleted as well. Like, where is the money coming from (laughs) for this club?
0: Just, yeah, just, just fine. they just got money. Just fine. Yeah, someone someone said the other day they were like, you know, Juve's incomes are like similar to Tottenham's. And it's like, okay. <laughs> That's, uh, transfer policy slightly different. Very slightly different. Um, but yeah, it was it's back to back to back, kind of really, isn't it? I'm starting with Higuain, then Ronaldo, and then like this summer now. like Delict will not come cheap if, if that happens. And, you know, you've got uh Ramsey and now Rabio both rocking up and Chan last season, Chan turned up um on a free. I mean I I like I like the idea that they're seducing these um I wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't buy all the central midfielders, but the fact that they're seducing these uh talented types uh on freeze uh when they get to the end of their contracts is, is strategically good, but they're also backing it up with you know spending some large fees <laughs> on players as well. So yeah, the magic money tree over at uh, Juventus is in full flight. Um, I mean,
1: maybe they're just not paying Iguain or Ronaldo anything. That, that that would make their budgets work out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like anyway. It doesn't matter. It's not my problem. No. Uh, Rabio is excellent. Uh, also has like excellent hair, and he is a fucking unit. <laughs> and I, I I've seen that guy live and in person, and you're just like, whoa, you're really big. It's a bit like the the deli effect, where um, you know back in the days, like feels like deli's kind of a, a thin kid, but you stand next to him, or you see him standing next to him, and you're like, wow, you are a serious athlete. And and Rabio has even larger presence because he's got, you know, giant hair, so.
0: <laughs> the guy with big hair always looks like a big guy in the middle. Maybe this is it, like for Fellaini, Guendouzi, it's like, get, get big hair, be a central midfielder, people are like, yeah, that guy stands out. But is also huge, right? Like <laughs> this,
1: line,
0: not- yeah. this is all about the, the, the image and the ethos of, of being... Wide. Anyway, um, I do- I divert. It's early in the morning. I I think I'm
1: I'm sad to to see Rabio go to Juve, partly because like genuinely I feel like Juve are the evil empire and also like they're pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I'm I, I'm intrigued to see them sort of move guys around and see if they can scramble on on budget here. But nevertheless, very exciting. Juve look like they are. I mean, they've moved up uh, not sure about the the legs on Ronaldo anymore, but the rest of that team which needed to be revamped because their, their trending was bad at the end of last season like bad bad. they got really lucky two years in a row to I'm moderately lucky the first year and then this year it seemed like just pure insane luck uh, to win the to Syria. Uh, they needed to do something because like the the attack I think especially had, had like cliffed on them so anywho, uh, we're gonna let's go back to England for a little bit. Um, Some moves happening from and around the Championship to Premier League clubs.
0: Right, go on. What have we got?
1: Jay Adams to Southampton, right around fifteen million.
0: Yeah, I see. You've probably got more opinions on this than I have, but I had look at him, and I look at his, his his like general overall stats looked a bit kind of like. They looked okay. They didn't, like, jump off the page. Like, his shot volume was kind of, like, middling and things. Now, he looked at his shot map, and he's got, like, a bunch of... He's converted loads of shots from like just on the edge of the box, like six or seven shots just from this kind of like range, and it's almost like enough shots that you, you wonder if he's got like a. Uh, I wonder if he's got like this a specific like talent for just like finding the corners, uh, uh, just you know from this kind of like eighteen yards away. Uh, Sweet spots, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to lean too heavily into that because it might just be one of those things. But, you know, he scored, uh, I think, was it 20? Was it 21? Might have been 21. Um, 21 plus penalty. Right, last season. He played a lot of games. So, you know, the classic championship striker that scores a lot of goals because they played 40-odd 40, 40 games or whatever it was, um, to some regard. Um, yeah, I, I think he's quite a busy, like, interesting forward to Southampton have bought forwards before. They? I mean, things has, has turned permanent, uh, across the summer after the loan. I mean, Charlie Adams still exists. And Charlie, no, you mean Austin, Charlie Austin. Yeah. Charlie Austin, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, he's an, he's an interesting one. I mean, obviously you, shopping for the for the best of the championship is, isn't a bad strategy in itself. I don't know. I don't know if Adams is um Adams is the best of the championship, but I can I can understand why someone why someone's made this deal. Um just looking at his kind of like general numbers although I think I'd be a little bit cautious about it.
1: Yeah, so like our numbers suggest that he's basically league average, uh, because he played just a lot, like forty four full nineties as a twenty two year old. Extremely strong though. And and for a few years has kind of been like one of the, the under the radar potential gems in England. Um I think he is homegrown as well, so like that, you know, helps out. And and maybe you think that his his long range shooting, like he does have Maybe he's got like real power behind the shot and, and that might convert into, into something useful. Um, you know, I don't think that the price is bad, but I'm not excited by it. So like you're like, this is basically an average deal that uh, you, know, you would have hoped for something a little more for that price. But, you know, given the homegrown potential premium, it's not bad at all. And and Adams was, you know, at least moderately in demand by a couple of different clubs. So, you know, that that price makes sense because of the market itself.
0: Yeah, it feels. I mean, I, I might be doing the kid down a bit, but it feels like I could, I could send him like moving for that fee within the championship kind of thing, and then like maybe moving him up to Premiership is is a slight risk in that regard. Again, like you say, the fee the fee isn't anything to be
1: to be fearful of. So you know, you can you can you can probably make that gamble. But yeah. I think the exact same player, but you know, thirty percent better stats as Neil Mopai, right? and you mm. probably would have paid thirty percent more for him. So there you go. I, I would have rather had had uh or mope or however it's pronounced uh, from Brentford um but yeah I mean, it's it's in it's in range it's not bad all right moving right along dug it up dug it up Matt Target another Southampton guy but now uh a fullback moving to Aston Villa I believe he was at Fulham for a bit and then kind of rode the bench at Southampton last year is that right right you could be right
0: I'm, I've not followed his career but he's going for 14 million to uh to Villa which seems I guess, again, these these must just be like, you know, these are just the kind of like, you want someone who has played in the Premier League and they're not old, therefore it's 10 to 15 million. That's just what it is. Again, it feels, it doesn't feel like it moves a needle anywhere unless like Villa, may perhaps Villa have a need in that
1: position particularly. I don't Nikos think. and I had exactly the same read uh, in the office this week. So Nikos is our technical scout um, who worked with me at Brentford and Michelin. And he's like, "Wow, Villa are buying a lot of Championship players, <laughs> and, and that is exactly where I'm at with this. So, hmm, yeah, I've target probably low end of the Premier League, top end of, of the Championship, not quite the target you might be aiming for uh, if you want to really improve your squad. But yeah, I mean, Villa have like a funky squad too, especially for." Some of their loans were like some of their best players. Mm -hmm. I think their midfield's genuinely good, but they got to fill in kind of all sorts of stuff around the edges and the Steve Bruce thing where they just spunked so much money on contracts, um, you know, for old players, which I guess eventually helped get them there. I I think I had a Twitter argument about this with somebody at one point where I was basically, they're like, well, you know, the, you can't say that the Villa plan was wrong because they got into the Premier League. I'm like, you could say the villa plan was wrong if you wanted to be the same owner that continued to own the club that got into the Premier League because they were gonna go bankrupt and they had to sell their club. So uh you know all part of the master plan, Ted. <laughs> all part of the master plan. If you can divest yourself of an entire club because due to bankruptcy and then watch it go into the Premier League, then that's brilliant. I mean that's absolutely the way to go about it. If you would like to still own that club at the point that it gets into the Premier League and gets that Premier League money, maybe that wasn't the best way to go about it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, so yeah, though, I mean, they signed with Wesley quite recently. Who I'm a little bit on the fence about as well. We talked about him last week. So we're not on the
1: fence. We think that was a dumb deal.
0: Yeah, all right, but <laughs> 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 there's always a chance you can get proven wrong. I can't be having too many takes here, Ted. I've got, I've got to rain back on them a little bit.
1: This is true. It doesn't mean that we know everything. <laughs> it's just like we have opinions because we've done this professionally and still do this professionally for customers. Uh, around Europe and elsewhere. And yeah, uh, don't do that. All right. Um, here's a good one. So this is one that I actually like. Uh, Timmy Wea from PSG uh, went on loan to Celtic and then goes to Lille for 8.1 million euros. So we're, we're less than pounds here.
0: Right. Yeah, that's, that feels like a, a a very cheap deal. He rode a bit of pine up in Scotland. He didn't. I mean, he got on the pitch a bit, but not.
1: When he got on the pitch, he was like, you know, uh, better than half a goal a game at age nineteen in a league that kicks the shit out of you. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty stoked by this deal. I'm like, I don't know what the I don't know what the clauses look like. I'm sure there's like a significant sell on clause, but this is good. Like this is this is a very sensible deal and and exactly the type of thing you would you would want to see teams make Um yeah, no, and that's it's funny,
0: isn't it? If you just look at that price, like you know, eight 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 million euros versus the ones we've just been talking about for like kind of like fifteen or, or potentially even more. Um, it's it, that's that's possibly the difference between you know just shopping outside of the Premier League, and of course we understand you know well understand that you know you need quotas of uh, homegrown players and such, but you know when you when you see you know a player that has potential and you know could could be quite useful going for like eight million euros uh within um within France, then you think it's no wonder that people are looking to shop more and more in France and you know that there are talented players to be had there. I mean, Lille had a good season last year, didn't they? I mean, I think they finished. Well, they finished second or something. Yeah, they finished second. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they if they strengthen. I mean, obviously, where's
1: one for the future? Really, um, that was a stealth second, by the way. Like no one talked about that. Mm. The tr- the traditional recent seconds were Monaco, who cratered and just barely stayed up. Yeah, yeah. And and Leon, who had a good, se- well, an okay season, ended up changing managers at uh, at the end of it. Uh, but still made the Champions League, right? Yeah,
0: they finished uh, three points
1: behind Lille, but um, yeah, you know. Prob- wow, we're putting James to sleep here with the transfer talking. sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's he's been staying up late nights watching all the NBA news, uh, which is went absolutely insane last night. Or not last night, yeah, but two nights ago, it was. when the the free agent window opened up, it was bonkers. Like it felt like like a third of the league changed hands in a single night.
0: It was. It was like it, I said to someone. I can't remember what I said to to. I said it was. It was like the you know when a, when the transfer window used, things used to happen on the last day. It was like that, but in reverse because it was as soon as it opened <laughs> rather than just before it closed. So yeah, football needs to sort. Football needs to sort it out. Get it so you got free agency and the absolute insanity and. Uh, mega trades and whatever was going on. Yeah, so much so much going on. And a few poor teams left just <laughs> looking at the person. with purse stack full of money and nothing to spend it on. which Ah, uh, the Knicks. <laughs> Basically the Knicks, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was fun. It was really good. Back to good. the football world. Yeah,
1: We have... Ooh, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Um, Matt Hummels making the move from Bayern München. Back to Borussia Dortmund yeah can you turn back time
0: it's a weird one this isn't it I mean I guess like you know Bayern had moved on in, in his position and he's like so is he 30 or something I think he's 30 obviously he's decent he's Mats Hummels but there's a lot of money for a 30 year old centre back and I just well I guess it's fine is it is it fine is it fine spending 34 million on a 30 year old centre back even though they're very good or have been very good
1: i was <laughs> really not excited by this so i i feel like hummel's has deteriorated a good bit over the last few years and actually gotten a, a small argument with with raf honigstein longtime friend of statsbomb um just about like sort of hummel's place in world center backs I was like he's definitely not in the top 10 for me like oh, yeah. maybe top 20 and uh, and this was, like, a couple years ago at Bayern. And I think that Bayern kind of came to the same conclusion. So I feel like I, I might have might have been right about that take. I, you, you kind of understand why Dortmund are doing this because they're a bit old and they've probably got, like, plenty of budget, like, stupid amounts of budget because of how well they've sold. Mm. Um, maybe one of their centre-backs is moving and they want kind of... I mean, they know Hummels, right? So, like, you're not you know what you're getting, you might like him as a personality, might like him as like a character in in the dressing room, like Royce and Hummel's definitely coming back to potentially be like leaders. Uh, I don't like it for footballing reasons, but you know, for other reasons, maybe it makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've spent a lot of money already this season. Nico Schultz from Hoffenheim, Hazard from Gladbach, Brandt from
1: Leverkusen. But that's not a lot of money, right? It's like, 25 billion claws, or yeah, they're, about...
0: they're all 25 odd million, and um, yeah, so they spent like 120 million already without making it their tra- traditional. Single... I suppose Pulisic went out, uh, that, yeah. that counts well. And for it's some
1: an Usman their... Dembele, right? Mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't like their transfers last year. I mean, they've, they've done over the time, they've, they've done some good things in like digging out young players and then flipping them. Obviously, Dembele, classic example. Uh, last I se- loved their center backs last year though. Last season's
1: that feels like you're going into something here. <laughs> Sorry. We we'll, we'll, we'll back pull back James. pull up. <laughs> uh let, let's stay in Germany though. Um so two Wolfsburg transfers I believe. No, one one Wolfsburg, one one Gladbach. Uh Xavier Schlager uh, from Red Bull Salzburg uh, and our friend René Merch uh going to Wolfsburg for 11 million. Man, I love that deal. That deal's so good.
0: That yeah, that feels like a kind of um again, price potential talent of a player like the, the this is a nice fitting. <laughs> it's not too much money. You're not, you know, the risk isn't isn't insane.
1: Uh, if if you assume that there is you know, an overperformance because he's on a super team in Austria which there is and they play to the Red Bull style which you know may or may not be the, t- the style your team plays but his outputs were were basically like the defensive side of Nabiketa, and uh, and also like a uh, ball mover as well like man you for 11 million you you've got to be really excited by that and he's like what 21 yep. years old that like all of that clicks that's 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 fucking great um Stefan Lehner to Munchen Gladbach which I believe is where Marco Rosa and, and Rene Merich went 11 million Lehner's quite a bit older uh, 26 years old he's been kind of one of the stars in in Austria unsung stars Uh, but you know going into a team where he knows the management team uh, plays as a kind of dynamic fullback really important to certain systems to have fullbacks that are able to do a lot of things Uh, so that one just like makes a lot of sense Um, All right, so let's go to a guy that neither of us really had paid attention to (laughs) Uh oh. <laughs> Leandro Trossard from Genk, not be not to be confused with Ghent, uh in Belgium. Uh and he is off to Brighton, who seemed to like uh players from Belgium, uh, for fifteen million is what what I read.
0: Right, okay. Been... How do we feel about Trossard? I don't know much about him. I'm looking at him on the fly here. He takes a lot of shots, I'll give him that. A lot of shots. Uh, some of them are quite wide. Um, and Shot quality is a bit scruffy. He's got a bunch of like, long-range shots. The Belgium's become fashionable, hasn't it? Like uh, Gineppo went to uh, Southampton. Yeah, uh, this guy's going in here. I'm sure there's another deal out of Belgium. Oh yeah, of course, Wesley went to, went to Villa. It's funny, you, know, you just get these little pockets of like fashionable leagues. Maybe this is where we're at. Maybe people are actually. I mean, obviously, Brighton have got you know uh, smart people involved there, and you know uh, known to look at uh, stats and stuff. We, I think, Bissouma and Johan Bach were both players that we, we were on our radar, and then went went there last went there last summer. Um, Coming out of France and Holland, but Assum- we kind I of like. Assume
1: we were really excited by Jahan We were unsure like how he would deal with the physicality. Yeah, the there
0: was definitely, yeah, but there was definitely a numbers case at the very uh, release. You know, the, these players might have like come onto, uh, you know, come onto a shortlist at the, uh, in in the first instance by you know a kind of like numbers scan and you know that kind of brighter looking at it. So I wonder if, yeah, I wonder if. Um, yeah, uh, you know, Belgium's Belgium's one of these leagues that like people are thinking like well, maybe we've got some gems there. Maybe that's a league that hasn't been hasn't been evaluated quite as strongly as other leagues. I always remember uh, Wilfred Ndidi when he came out of Belgium had insane defensive numbers like just. To, 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 i'm not saying like tackles and inceptions of the 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 be all and end all of uh, the defensive numbers by any stretch but his his numbers were just wildly high and yeah. you you'd almost like you know i mean you'd, you'd put him on a shortlist literally just by you know one scan of the numbers and you'd be like right okay what's this kid doing and he's proven to be a perfectly uh serviceable kind of like premier league midfielder since he's arrived and he's still very young so you know you you could see how that one came out but yeah interesting little pockets um yeah, Trossard himself. I, 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 again, this my big abiding thought is like league translation from the Jupiter League out of there into into the Premier League. Um, again, like he, I mean, he plays off the left. He's taking a lot of shots for someone who's playing off the left. I mean, that feels like that feels like you know what what can occur if you're playing in a slightly stronger team against weak. He's got teams. a pretty
1: chunky bit of one sort of central. Uh, from just outside the 18 as well, like one, two, three, four, five, six goals in that space. Uh, that would be one where, like, you look at it, you see that trend. <clears throat> He's also got like three, three four, five geez, from from wide. He's got his goals come from weird spaces. Let's, let's <laughs>
0: they're a bit, they're a bit funny enough. They're <laughs> a bit kind of um, a, a cross between Jay J Adams and Wolf Zaha, like <laughs> wide, wide yeah. left, and that that just
1: that kind of like 18, 20 yard like hit. If, and so this is James and I admitting that we have not watched this player. His scouting no. is probably pretty intriguing. Uh, maybe you pick up a lot more from there. We're just looking at numbers and, and kind of our experience on this and, and knowing pretty well the quality of, of most of the the European leagues at this point. But yeah, I, I would say that I'm intrigued by this. Um, cautiously optimistic, but there might be some flaws in his game. Then again, if, if you just think he's a good long-range shooter and, and that's important, yeah,
0: so be it. <clears throat> yeah, I'll always be like slightly interested by Brighton signings just to see, you know, think like, you know, what, what's what's the idea here, what they're doing, and obviously they're going to be really interested going forward with Graham Potter in charge, and you know, a slight change of pace. Um, you know, the, the idea is presumably that um, the kind of like signings and the squad will be a little bit more joined up than we felt uh, beforehand, uh, and you know, they need to improve their metrics next season, so. Yeah, they're they're still shopping. They're still shopping off what feels like a different list to a lot of uh, a lot of clubs. It feels like yeah. Brighton, Brighton go and get their own players. They, you know, they go and find identify players and get their own players. And you know, maybe there's some of them risks and you know, high upside players uh, <laughs> potentially. And maybe they're not all going to strike, but yeah, Brighton remain interesting in
1: in that sphere certainly. Alrighty. Um... One more, and then we've got like so much stuff to talk about from a stats bomb perspective. So uh, stick with us there. Don't don't just jump. Uh, Andre Gomez, twenty two million, like the most exciting transfer of the summer, right? We, I'm sure we've discussed this. Good. Okay. Done. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it was made it was final. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. it's, um, it is um. Is what it is, and I I don't actually mind at twenty two million, and I think. Uh, it's it's they this are talk they're trying to get consumer <coughs> permanent as well so it's interesting they've they you know they've made loans and uh, they're obviously you know there's been decisions made within Everton that they want to convert these loans into permanent deals uh, which as a theory I I, I don't mind again to try before you buy you yeah know? maybe you rent to own there's, there's there's some logic there and you know maybe you you know you're saving a few quid. Somewhere along the way, by um, not paying the big fee outright uh, straight away, I don't know. But anyway, um, it's it's okay. It it gives it gives them someone in that position, and you know, Everton, it'll be interesting to see if Everton do invest. We we say this every time; like they've still got a lot of players on their squad. Uh, if whether they, Everton go out and try and um, buy, you know, a big star or you know someone kind of hovering behind like the big clubs who are, who you know who, there's a lot of players who could go uh, to a variety of locations but there are probably not enough huge clubs to pick up all the players that are looking for moves and Everton and West Ham's and these kind of the kind of teams that could step in behind and maybe grab grab a uh, useful player just to you know uh, give them a little bit extra so we'll monitor that as we go on anyway yeah uh, start prom stuff Ted lots been going on Hang on before we do that there's like this huge match tonight, oh huge. yeah, <laughs> and we're on opposite sides of this coin as
1: well, aren't we my wife, my wife pinned me down so tonight uh, is is England versus the United States in women's world cup, and we were sitting on the couch while I was watching the the u s a france game, and she's like, all right, so England versus uh versus u s a which side are you on I was like, oh, oh man i all right, I'm clearly on the U.S. Women's National Team for this one. Um, oh. I, I grew up rooting for them. Like I, Ted, you're American, but, I will forgive you. You're an American, but I'd be the flip side for the <laughs> for probably for the men's team. It depends. I I don't know that one. I would waffle a lot more on, but the Women's National Team is just like part of my life for 20 years now. Wow. Uh, so yeah, it's I'm definitely rooting for them, and also like I can't root against Pino, man. I'm
0: still irrationally rooting against
1: them after they're disgracefully winning 13-0
0: in the. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's still, this whole thing tickles me, but yeah, no, it's great. We've got we've got uh, uh, England, my team, versus the the natural enemy of this tournament, the American national uh, women's national
1: team. So yeah, it's all fun. It's uh, it's it nicely set up. Sure, from a tactical perspective, I think England have had some issues in pleading possession, um, especially between their fullbacks and their and their backs. or not backs but their their wide forwards. So I think that that is going to be an interesting challenge, and then just facing up against that American midfield. That American midfield has been very, very strong through most of the tournament. Um, you know, despite the fact they scored 13 goals, the the thing that's gotten the U.S. women's national team to this point uh, for the met or, uh, for the U.S. has really been qu- quite a stout defense for the most part. So uh, England have some talent, but it feels like technically. They're not quite there. Uh, give them another four to eight years, and and it fe- certainly feels to me that they will be among the very best teams in, um, in the world among among the women's. I, obviously, you're like they are in World Cup semifinal. I think that there's a bit of a gap between quality from what I watched uh, throughout the course of this tournament. Um, you know, France is a bit closer to the U.S. and and some of the the other European clubs. But that said, like. England should be pretty happy. They do have a number of excellent players. Um, you know, Georgia Stanway, I think, is uh, is lightning. Um, yeah, no, I've liked her when she's on the pitch. She, she looks quite useful, and uh, obviously Lucy, Lucy Bronze
0: looks decent. She just looks like the just looks like she knows what she's doing. Which um, absolutely, Plays in Leon really comfortable on the ball. Just really, really competent, and that you know that's not slight on anyone. But she just you just watch her watch her, and she just looks like the best player in her part of the pitch, and, and just in control of things. And but I think. US are worthy favourites, there's no denying that. Um, I think they're not prohibitive favourites uh, by the betting markets. So I think they're, you know, kind of like, um, uh, I can't even think of a line, kind of like 1.5 or something, I think they are. But it's 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 up for grabs. And, of course, let's hope uh, that England can win. <laughs> it's a semi-final Jeez. of a national tournament england england uh like the england men or women's team do not win the semi-finals of national uh, international tournaments so this is pretty
1: much the threshold right
0: yeah that's that's where they get to and that's that's good because you know you gotta be you gotta be in there pitching you gotta give yourself a chance uh but yeah here's hoping I think- okay
1: so so stats bomb stuff we got so this weekend we are in los angeles uh, please, you've still got time to sign up for the course. We are teaching introductory uh, introduction to football analytics. James and I are both there. How exciting! And we are also teaching set pieces on the Sunday. Uh, it's still plenty of space available. It'll be a Bank of America or Bank of California Stadium um, at our friends, the LAFC. So, and we're gonna go to a game I think on Saturday night. Also pretty exciting. Gotta go watch actual football. Oh my God! Who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> James and I have been traveling a bit lately, that's why we were off last week, uh, just could not make it work, and I had to go down to Egypt to um, Statsbomb South, or where our where collecting group is to, to catch up with everybody there. Um, another huge announcement yesterday, we are running our own conference, so Statsbomb Conference 2019 will take place at Stamford Bridge on October 11th. Uh, should be around 350 tickets for sale uh, total. We will run 50 at student discount, which will be half price. You'll have to prove that you have a student ID that, ID that is valid. Um, and we haven't named any speakers yet outside of one. Uh, we will confirm speakers as they confirm with us. Uh, it's our job to make this awesome. But I think a lot of you, especially listening to this podcast, have, have faith in that we're going to be able to do that, and um, our first confirmed speaker is someone that I, you, and I are both really excited about.
0: Yeah, definitely, <laughs> Ben Benjamin Pugsley, the old uh, the old podcast man. I mean, only three people have ever, ever been on this podcast, and that's me, you, and Ben. So we're going to do a live podcast, and Ben's going to be involved, and that's great.
1: Yes, so we're going to run a StatsBomb live podcast. That'll be one of the the panels for. Uh, for the conference, we're going to run two different tracks or rooms for the conference, one of which will be more of a strong research focus. The other one is kind of more general. Uh, so you know, depending on what your interest is, uh, you'll be able to do both of those. We're going to feature some of our own research uh, as part of this. So we'll, we'll feature some of the stuff that we think is at least cutting edge for our stuff on our data. Uh, we're also going to run a research competition. Uh, James and, and you and, and Nikos will be heading that up uh, in our analysis department. So very, very cool there. And I'm, like, really looking forward to this. It feels like I've been at so many other people's conferences. It was time to, to do our own, basically.
0: I think, yeah, I think, the, you know, the main thing is it should be good fun. It should be a good day. You know, it should be exactly. an enjoyable day. And, you know, we've been to, like, things like this, you know, around the place. And, you know, they always are. And it's always a good chance to, like, meet people who are interested in this stuff and, you know, talk about it and make, you know, make make contacts and make, you know, make friends and stuff. Like, the the uh, you know, starts coming on a long journey. Um, over the last kind of six seven years and you know getting to the point where we're actually like running a conference and doing something like that that's that's really cool and you know the, the courses are one thing we'll we'll be doing courses as well like close by uh, to the time of the conference but like you know the conference is you know a completely different thing as well and we'll 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 enable a kind of like you know a broad amount of like interested people to get in you know one or two rooms together and communicate and yeah just you know enjoy the day i, th- I I'm really looking forward to it I think it'll be excellent
1: we have not put tickets on sale yet they will go on sale over the next couple of weeks uh it's mostly just to save the date we wanted to announce it as soon as we got the venue locked down also knowing that it's not that far out it's like you know four months or something like that so uh three months wait we're in july uh, july august september beginning of october okay yeah um so make space we'd love to see you in london on october 11th and then we've got one more huge announcement that i'm not allowed to leak but you'll find out more in just under two weeks time is it cool james
0: yeah it's cool it's good stuff uh more things that everyone can get involved in that's you know one of the stats bomb uh tenets that we stand by is uh spreading the word ted and we're going to certainly be doing that again
1: cool i i can't say anymore but i'm i'm like really excited by it and I, i'm just it's basically like a kid at christmas like we've got 13 days before this thing is gonna gonna happen and uh yeah so that is the end of this week's StatsBomb podcast thank you very much for listening we will be in los angeles please come see us uh this weekend uh at the bank of california stadium and until next time adios bye-bye